بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين على آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا ورفقا طيبا وعملا متقبلا اللهم ربنا زدنا علما Dear brothers, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Here we are trying to please Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala by doing what he told us to do. When he subhanahu wa ta'ala urged his slaves to work for this deed, to learn it, to practice it, to call people for it, and to be patient for this deed. Here we are trying to follow the steps of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In this life, everything, daily, and every day, everything in this life is driving us to be attached to dunya. Since the morning, we're going to work, we're dealing with people, we complete the day, Part of the night, everything is pushing us to be with dunya. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He, by His great wisdom, decided the times of salah, it is something with a big wisdom. Every time we are busy with this dunya, we have to stop. We must stop. In order to go and pray these few rak'ahs to give us a break from dunya. Salat al Zur, Salat al Asr, Salat al Maghrib, Salat al Isha, Salat al Fajr, and more, which is not mandatory. All of these salah is telling us to say or to understand that this dunya is not the place for us. Again to say, I have to remind myself and my brothers all of that, we don't mean to leave dunya. Because this is not in Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about the Christians, وَرَحْبَانِيَّةً اِبْتَدَعُوهَا مَا كَسَبْنَاهَا عَلَيْهِمْ لَا رَحْبَانِيَّةً فِي الْإِسْلَامِ Islam has no رَحْبَانِيَّةً means we are not supposed to have people doing like the monks, leaving dunya at totally, no. But this deen actually dealt with this dunya by making this dunya for the deen. Making this dunya a way to the akhirah. Making this dunya a time to gather as much as we can to reach Jannah after the pleasure of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, after riba of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. The chapter tonight is talking about something, some people will say it has no connection with Tawheed. It's mostly in the side of fiqh. It's talking about a fiqh case. But actually, Tawheed is having a big connection with that. What is the connection? Betraying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, subhanahu wa ta'ala, covenant, or Muhammad covenant, is actually some kind of mis- Glorifying Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. A person who doesn't care, he makes promises by the name of Allah, then he go and break his promises easily, then this person is not respecting Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. You see in the hadith, which mentioned here, which is narrated by Muslim, 
that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he sent the people for jihad, he told them, never say that we are giving you a promise by the name of Allah or by the name of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To avoid that this promise will be broken, then people will say, this is the deed. This is the deed of Allah, the deed of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is that it is, they are not taking care of the promises. Say, let's see, if this is happening, then it is actually a very big connection with Tawheed, especially in the side of Rububiyyah, Lordship side. Arthur Rahimahullah, he mentioned one ayah and one hadith in this chapter. There will be some more, of course, if we, can, if we go and dig for more hadith, and we will see this, inshallah, during the dars, hopefully. He mentioned the first ayah, which is in Surah Al-Nahl, ayah number 91. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Fulfill when you give a promise. Do you know that in the case of marriage, when a man comes to marry to marry a woman, there is a contract to be written. That contract, if there is any condition made by the wife or the wife to be, it must to be obeyed and fulfilled. Who said so? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. إِنَّا حَقَّ مَا أَدَّيْتُمُوهُ إِنَّا حَقَّ مَا أَدَّيْتُمُوهُ مِنَ الشُّرُوطِ مَا اسْتَحْلَلْتُمْ بِهِ الْفُرُوجِ أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم When, you, when we make this contract, a marriage contract, whatever condition is there must be fulfilled. Because that is actually عهد must be obeyed and followed. That's why Allah said in this ayah, وَأَوْفُوا بِعَهْدِ اللَّهِ إِذَا عَاهَدْتُمْ You made the ahd, you have to follow. Especially if it's by the name of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And one of these cases is the case of marriage. As an example, we have given this. So Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is ordering us. Because in Arabic, the verb awfu is amr. An order. Awfu means fulfill. It's an order from Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And the order from Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala or from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam must be obeyed unless there is another order to squeeze sometimes Allah Ta'ala or Muhammad will order something later on we have some other ayah to squeeze this order into some certain cases or maybe to abrogate it as an example the case of ayah in Surah Al-Hashr when Allah Ta'ala ordered Sahaba to pay some money before talking to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam يا أيها الذين آمنوا إذا ناجيتم الرسول فقدموا بين يدي جوكم صدقة. يعني before to talk to Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم you have to pay money. Then it's abrogated by the next ayah. أشفقتم أن تقدموا بين يدي جوكم صدقات فإذا لم تفعلوا وتاب الله عليكم فأقيموا الصلاة. خلاص you don't need to do this. Why abrogating the Quran? This is another topic but let's just just to get into the topic itself. So many benefits, so many wisdoms. Some will say, well, why Quran is coming to say something, then it's changed. Does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, astaghfirullah, change his mind? Astaghfirullah, no. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making us grow up with the sharia. 
gradually. And listen to our mother Aisha radiallahu anha wardah when she said, Arab used to drink alcohol like you drink the water. If Allah directly said, don't drink alcohol, nobody will obey. Because nobody can stop drinking water. And they will drink alcohol like they drink water. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with this his big wisdom, He made it gradually. First of all, He mentioned that it's not good. Second, He said, don't drink during your time of salah, or don't pray while you are drunk. Then He said, stop it all. So Arabs now, Sahaba at that time, piece by piece, they are gradually going with this. They ended up to say, khala. When the last ayah came, see how Sahaba dealt with that ayah. يا أيها الذين آمنوا إنما الخمر والميسر والأنصاب والأزلام رجس من عمل الشيطان فاجتنبوه لعلكم تفلحون إنما يريد الشيطان أن يوقع بينكم العداوة والبغضاء في الخمر والميسر ويصدكم عن ذكر الله وعن الصلاة فهل أنتم منتهون؟ Are you going to refrain from this؟ دارس الصحابة said انتهينا ربنا انتهينا ربنا خلاص وستب Abu Talha used to have some Sahaba drink alcohol after in his house, after the Isha, because there was a, a gap of time, they will not be drawing for Al-Fajr Salah. Anas ibn Malik was serving them. He was a, a little boy that time. He said, when this ayah came, some Sahaba was having the, the, the glass in front of him. Some of them was raising the glass with the eye, he put it back. Some of them he put his finger in his mouth and took out what was in his stomach. Just to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly. Now, just because such a case, as we mentioned last week, and the week before last week, such a case made Sahaba different people. Rabbi Allah anhum. Why? Because they directly obey Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. Whenever they hear a word from Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala, from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they have no doubt, no hesitation. Directly. ما وما كان لمؤمن ولا مؤمنة إذا قضى الله ورسوله أمرا أن يكون لهم الخيرة من أمرهم no choice no choice خلاص if Allah decided something if Muhammad decided something there is no other choice خلاص we have to do it if we want to be true Muslims if we want to go to Jannah if we want Allah to be pleased with us we have to obey but I don't I'm not convinced no need no need First of all, obey, then ask for the wisdom. That's the way of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala told us to do this, and Sahaba did this. They first of all obey, then they ask for wisdom if there is any wisdom. Some people say, no, no, no. Unless I know the wisdom, I'll not do it. Astaghfirullah. What kind of street of dealing with Quran and Sunnah is this? We know, we believe totally as Muslims that whatever in the book of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, whatever in Sunnah Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is true 100% with a certain dogma. Then we have no choice. Allah is telling us not to drink alcohol. Allah, we do. We stop it. Allah told us not to take riba. We don't do it. Take it. Allah told us not to take a bribe. We don't take it. Allah. And we know that for our own good. Because this is not going to hurt Allah if we do. Will these people who are drinking alcohol or using drugs will hurt Allah by using them? No. But actually they are hurting themselves. وَمَا يَضَرُّونَ إِلَّا أَنفُسَهُمْ they didn't hurt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَنْ يَبْرُوا اللَّهَ شَيْئًا But Allah made these laws for us to make our life fantastic, happy, and also to give us a chance to go to Jannah after death. 
when a woman is having this true belief, certain dogma in this, then he will be having this easy to deal with. Only those who are having hesitation, especially those people who are affected by the others or the kafirin ideas, then they are lost. Subhanallah, see how Sahaba, how, how Sahaba received this Quran. And what was the result when they received it this way? They changed the surface of the world. As we said before, in 92 years old after Hijrah, Adan was loud in Andalus, which is Spain now, loud in Kabul in Afghanistan, loud in Turkey, loud on Sudan. Adan, with La ilaha illallah. How did this happen? Less than one century, the surface of earth, the old world that time was changed. What happened? It is the case that these people carried this deal with complete and full faith, full iman. If what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying is totally true. And it's the, the way. And it's enough for us to say, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us, of course he knows the best about us. When you buy any instrument, what will you do? You will just go and see the, the, the user manual. What the manufacturer told you to do. Use it this way, don't use it this way. This is a smart man who does this. He goes to see the manual. If the, if the owner, of, if the manufacturer of this instrument told you don't use it in such and such voltage, you will not use it. Because you know if you, if you do not obey the manufacturer, you will, you will lose your, your stuff. Your instrument. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created us. And he knows the best for us. Even if we think that, no, why don't we have this? Some people said that, why don't we have riba? Because riba, yani, economy will not go without riba. Poor guys. They think they know better than Allah. And sometimes Allah will prove to us the opposite in front of us. What happens in the West sometimes about because of the riba, you can see it easily. Some of them try to, to take some of the Islamic economic system from Quran and Sunnah. Unfortunately, we don't. We are still running after the West in the wrong way. We are having the, the fantastic, the best way. Because it's sins from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator instead of everything, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we say, well, let's try, let's try the other laws. French law, British law, this law, that law. So, before applying any order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or refraining from anything that Allah told us to do, or Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us not to do, we have to have the iman inside that what they are telling us, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling us, is the best. In fact, the only correct one. Then we will be in the right track. Because when we do it, we will be worshipping Allah ta'ala with this. Just obeying Allah in here is worshipping. Refraining from what Allah ta'ala told us not to do is another worshipping. Worshipping is not only Salah Salaam Hajj Zakat. There's no one to everybody. But we are talking about complete life. All of our life is worshipping Allah ta'ala, including obeying His orders and refraining from what he told us not to do. Then the other rahimahullah mentioned the hadith of Buraydah bin Husayb al-Aslami radiyallahu anhu wa rah. He said that Rasulullah sallallahu when he wants to send Amir for jihad, Amir means somebody to be the leader of the uh, troops to make jihad, he will give him some advices. One of these advisors, which is, because the hadith is so long, we cannot really talk about it all, but we'll take what we actually discussing in this chapter. The case of that he told him not to break the confidence. 
يعني if they make a covenant with the enemy they have to fulfill it when he comes to the enemy and the enemy surrenders and they make a contract with him they have to stick to it of course with hadith if you read it you will see it so long but it's giving a lot of subhanallah a lot of, of, of full of wisdom orders or advices But if this is the case of jihad, when they go for jihad, they don't go to kill people. The kafirin now, they're trying to say that jihad is to kill. Jihad in Islam is to kill the other. Arabs, Muslims are, are blood suckers, blood thirst. They want to kill the other, take their money and their women. Subhanallah. And they know when they say this that they are liars. They know it. But they know also that most of the Muslims, they didn't know. They do not have enough knowledge of Islam. Some Muslims, they accept that. They say, yes, well, we can see this. The Muslims are killing each other and killing the other to take their money and their land. Subhanallah al-Azim. Can't we read history? Can't we read Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? How did he deal with the Kafirin? He dealt with his worst enemies, the Jew, in the beginning. With very easy. He made a contract with him. He made a covenant with him. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, kept his promises with him. But they tried to kill him from the back so many times. So they don't say this. They didn't tell you the whole story. Tell you the last of the story when he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, killed Bani Quraidah. 700 men and young men in one day. So they get so angry with this. Say, Muhammad Rasulullah killed 700 and he was right. Because when he killed them, they tried to kill him. And you know the one who tried to kill the other is supposed to be killed if he tried to kill him. And they don't look to the, what they are doing to Muslims. They don't read the history when the 20,000 Muslims killed in Assam. They don't want to say this. They don't talk about what the, what Muslims who are killed in Gujarat. They don't want to talk about Muslims who killed in the Philippines or Shishan or Afghanistan or Iraq or Palestine. No, they don't want to talk about that. They only take grab some cases and talk about it. And poor Muslims, especially the Yaws, they don't have enough knowledge of Islam to defend themselves, so they start to have suspicions. Well, Islam is... They read the, read the, the, the sources of Islam. This hadith of Muhammad is telling us how to deal with Kafirin. First of all, we call them to Islam. So the duty actually is trying to help them out to be muhtadeen. Trying to bring these people from darkness of cover to the light of Islam. Muslims are losing some of their souls just to try to, to give hidayah to the others. Subhanallah al-Azim. What are they getting? The Kaverina are not giving Muslims anything. In fact, they are killing them sometimes. But when Muslims moved from Medina to other places in this Arabian Peninsula, or went to Iraq, or Persian area, or to Syria, and the, uh, Egypt, and the other places, what did they do? Did they go for money and land? Not true. Because whenever they take a land, they find the best man of Muslims of these people of the land, and they make him the Amir of the area. Ma'asalam. They are not running after their money, or their land, or so on. And also, as they said in the beginning of the hadith, they start with the case of going to Islam. Come to Islam. Islam is good for you. And they explain to them what is Islam. When they reject and refuse, They give him the chance of jizya. 
some money to be paid for each person. For what? For protecting them. Because in Islam we are not allowed to let kafirin to, to make jihad with us. So in order to, to protect them, they are free from going for killing and fighting. Allah, stay in your land, work on business, work on your uh, agriculture, go ahead. But you have, you have to pay some money so we can go and make jihad for the others. And the kafirin don't have. That's the instant. Read it. Now if they refuse, then it comes the case of jihad. Ikhad. Kim. Most of these countries now, if you just go on and see the, read the history again, some of these countries, they were trying to, to, to attract Muslims to their areas. Egypt, as an example, people were trying to attract Muslims to come because they were suffering from their same deen people, the Romans. The Romans, when, they were, when Islam came to Egypt, the Romans were controlling Egypt. And they were really doing very bad way with the Egyptians. Just because they have some conflict in their deen. They are all Christians. The Romans and the Egyptians, both of them. But these Egyptians were Orthodox and the Romans, maybe they were Catholic. So they have some misunderstanding or conflict between them. So they were killing these Egyptians and they put them down. So Egyptians actually, although they were Christians, they were happy to have Muslims as rulers of them. And that same thing happened to Syria. Same thing for Iraq. Some, any area you can say. And take this one small story about Umar ibn Abdul Aziz rahimahullah. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, as you remember, he is one of the Amawid Khalifa, and he is counted as the fifth Khalifa Rashid. He is not, but he is counted like this in history. That man ruled the Islamic world for two years only, but he changed a lot. A lot of things he changed. Once, that's the story I'm talking about, he sent an army or troops to an area beside Bukhara, north of Afghanistan or south of Syria and the other Turkmenistan areas. And the leader of the army, I think he was Qutayba bin Muslim, he took the country and the area without warning them. He just jumped into the, the, the city and took it. Without calling them for Islam or calling them for Jizya, he jumped and took the... So the people of that area, of that city, sent some representatives to Umar ibn Abdul Aziz in Damascus, complaining that, that he did wrong way to, with us. So Umar ibn Abdul Aziz wrote in small of paper to Qutaybah ibn Muslim, leave the town. Draw Muslims out of it. Give them the chance again. Call them for Islam, call them for Jizya, call them for then for, for Qital, fighting. Where can you find this? You can't find this. You'll find this in the, the, the smart bombs of the United States. you find this when they kill Muslim civilians and they say, well, I, it was a mistake. MashaAllah. Mistake to kill civilian Muslims driving their cars in, 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 in a marriage like in Afghanistan happened once and so many times. Nobody. Abu Ghraib in Iraq and this and that. What happened in Shishan? What happened in, in the other areas? Nobody cares. Muslims who are killed in Assam or Kojarat and other places, Kashmir, no problem. The blood of Muslims are pretty cheap. Nobody cares. But try to kill one of these kafirin and see what you have in here. Now, we don't care what they do. We, do. We, are trying, we are not trying to be like them. We are better than them. We are Muslims. So Amr ibn Ayyad sent a judge to take care of this case. 
So he ordered all the army to go out of the city. They left the city. So the people of that city again said, well, what, what are we doing? They said, come back. They told the leader and the troop to come back to the city. Because they found how Muslims are really dealing with this deal, with this dunya. They don't care. They are not running for the money or the land or the women and so on. They are running to save people from hellfire. Every Muslim, true Muslim who is working in this dunya, he is only trying to save himself and the others from hellfire. That's what the true duty of every Muslim. Every true Muslim is supposed to put this in his own mind, clearly that he is actually created to worship Allah. And one of the most important worshiping he is doing, he's supposed to do, is to try to save himself from Jahannam and try to save the others also. He can work, he can have some money, halal money to live, yes, there's no problem here. We're not saying don't do that, but he is supposed to put in mind that his aim and his goal is what Allah told him to do. And he will find happiness. He will find happiness. If he doesn't eat, as my other, the other, the other eat so much food, so much money, so many zeros in the account in the bank, that does not bother him. Because he is trying to be like Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is following Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ Allahu Akbar. أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ means he is your ideal leader. Ideal person. And he is sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Always we ask ourselves, why don't we read his life story, his seerah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How did he live? How much he eat? How many hours he is sleeping? Why do we read it? And see how he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did his best. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to save us from hellfire. All of these Muslims in this world are really because of him they were in Hidayah. Because of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So why did we love him? We do. We do. We truly love Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam because he is the reason for our Hidayah. But our love should be true love. Not only words. And true love is to follow his sunnah. Just imagine that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is in here and still asking us all do such a case. Do something. He's telling us, I think, to do it. Are we going to do it? Of course we will. If he's doing us through his hadith, it doesn't have to be his, his alive. His deen is alive. Quran is alive. Sunnah is alive. Why don't we obey? Well, maybe some hadith are not correct. Yeah, Habibi, Al-Bukhari is containing how many hadith? Sayyid Muslim is containing some hadith. For sure they are correct. Why don't we obey him? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he tells us to do this thing. He told us to pray with jama'ah. Where is the jama'ah? You see Muslims masjid, majority of the neighborhood is not praying with jama'at. Why? Didn't they hear Muhammad telling us clearly to pray with jama'at? So many hadith. Muhammad is telling us not to take rashwa, bribe. Muhammad is telling us to do this and do that. Refrain from do this, do this. When they are not obeying. And they say, well, we love you, Ya Rasulullah. Say, love for Rasulullah is not just to say words because this is easy and cheap. Very cheap to say, I love you, Ya Rasulullah, but not practicing what he told us to do. A case is not so easy to tell you the truth, but those smart people like you are really going to see what Muhammad wants me to do, they will do it. Those are the smart people. The smart people are those people who are looking for what going to save them in this dunya and the earth. Don't think that when we obey Allah and obey Rasulullah and things that he, he told us to do or to prevent you from doing, that we are going to lose things. No. No, Allah. And listen to Muhammad telling us about zakah. 
ما نقص مال من صدقة بل تزده بل تزده بل تزده ويبيع الزكاة وبين الله تبارك وتعالى وبين رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سيجد الزكاة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول it's not going to decrease your money no way but it will make it more read about the word زكاة in Arabic زكاة in Arabic means then higher and higher more and more زكاة so زكاة actually is that your money is going more and more but not made in numbers Maybe numbers, but may, the more the, the sure thing is, it's going to be higher and higher in barakah. If I tell you a person is gaining ten thousand riyals monthly as a salary, and he is using this money in a wrong way, buying alcohol, doing bad things, that this is that man money has a barakah? No. A man who is gaining only 3,000 riyals, but he is using that money to save him in the judgment day. That is having a barakah. This is the money where his barakah is. It's not how much, because you will not, nobody will be like Qarun. And you know who is Qarun. Cousin of Musa alayhi salam, the one who had the money that the keys of the treasures of the money is, cannot be carried by a group of people. The keys I'm talking, not I'm talking about the money, no. The keys itself. Subhanallah al-Azim. But, he became a kafir because of it. And Allah, and Allah punished him severely. So when we say actually that, let us try to study the way of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who lived this life, how Sahaba lived this life, and try to follow them. Because they really practiced Islam correctly. As was mentioned by the ulama, one of the ulama said, that Sahaba actually, each person like a, a Qur'an walking. Because they are practicing Qur'an as much as they understand it. Ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Umar, one of the best of Sahaba, he said, Every ten ayah comes, we spend lots of time studying it and practicing it. What do we do now? The best people of us who recite Qur'an in one month. Without understanding. Oh, these are fantastic. Now, if you see there's somebody that a person is making a khatma every month, Allah, he's a fantastic guy, mashallah. No, we're not talking about khatma only, habibi. Although it's needed and required. We're talking about how to understand this book of Allah, tabaraka wa ta'ala. How to be with Allah. Allah is talking to us. How are we going to do with this? Muhammad Sallallahu is talking to us in his hadith. Now, when you hear this ayah, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu. What does it mean? He's talking to you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator of the earth is talking to you. You are one of the mu'mineen, aren't you? So he's talking to you. Ya ayu al-ladhina aman. So listen to it. Ibn Mas'ud, one of the best of Sahaba, he said, whenever you hear Ya ayu al-ladhina aman, bring your heart, bring your ear to hear what he's telling you. He's going to tell you to do something good or to refrain from something bad. Do we do that? When we read the Quran, do we say, Ya ayu al-ladhina aman? We get ready? Because he's talking to us subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why Salah is called Salah, Sila, a connection with Allah Taala Taala Taala. The connection not only one way, two ways. Allah is talking to you by Quran recited, and you are talking to Him by dua. So in Salah you are with Allah. You are with Allah Taala Taala. See how Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam practiced this. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Our mother Aisha told us in the Hadith that she said Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sitting with us. Jokes with us, talk to us, 
until Salah comes. Then it looks back like he doesn't know us. Cut the relation. He's going to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala. Sahaba is doing the same thing. Most of them, when they want to pray, they are changed. What of the Tabi'een? Ali ibn al-Husayn ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib was named as Sajjad. When he makes wudu, when he does wudu, his face becomes yellow. What happened? He starts to shake. So some people, his friends ask him, what happened? What's going on? Why you, every time you make wudu, you become like this? He said, don't you understand who am I going to stand in front of? Don't you understand? I'm going to, I'm going to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm going to stand in front of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. Do you, do you think that like we are doing now, we come to Salah and our minds are far away and the body is this and people are busy with their shmah and this and that. Like we are just to do this salam at salama. It's, it's something we are doing just because we have to do it. It's a habitual thing. No, no. We are supposed to lead the world to its own happiness. But we cannot do this if we are like this. We need to, somebody to lead us. To the way of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We are 1.5 billion Muslims, and we equal, unfortunately, zero. We can't do anything. Anybody can control us. Kafirs will come and kill Muslims, and nobody speak anything. Who said anything when 20,000 Muslims killed in Hamas 32 years ago? Who said anything when 20? Thousand Muslims killed also in Assam or in Gujarat. Who said anything when Babri Masjid was destroyed by Hindus? Who said anything when Muslims are killed in Shishan or in Afghanistan or in Philippines? Everybody is busy. Busy with dunya, food, women, children, that, this. But if we really remember what Muhammad told us, that this Ummah has one body and he put his fingers like this. One body. If you have a toothache, the whole body will have fever. If your leg is hurting you, the whole body will be tired. Why not only the leg and khali walli? The whole body is okay, but the leg is no problem. No! This is the ummah of Islam. Every Muslim is hurt, all Muslims are supposed to be taken care of. When Muslims were strong, maybe you remember the story of Al-Mu'tasim, when one lady was hurt, by the Romans, Byzantines, she sent a, a cry. And when he received the cry by someone, she's calling, and he'll be out. He made, he made a, a very large army troops, and he sent them there, and they destroyed this Catherine, until they took back this woman from Catherine, a Muslim woman. One woman. How many women are destroyed now in our land, Islamic land, and nobody's moving. As long as we're having the money, having the fancy life, luxury life, no problem. That's why we are with this situation now. We equal nothing. When we go to the United Nations, nobody cares about Muslims. Because they equal nothing. What do we say? Nobody will say anything. Muslims are killed in Khaliwali, no problem. The, the, the blood of Muslims are very cheap. Why I say this actually? 
Because actually, we every Muslim should feel inside that he's really, he's tired, he's sick, when he sees this. But when he remembers that it's all because of us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when Sahaba was questioning why we are having this problem in Uhud, أَوَلَمَّا أَصَابَتْكُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ قَدَ أَصَبْتُمْ مِثْلَيْهَا قُلْتُمْ أَنَّ هَذَا قُلْ هُوَ مِنْ عِنْدِ أَنفُسِكُمْ قُلْ هُوَ مِنْ عِنْدِ أَنفُسِكُمْ It's all because of you. That was told to Sahaba. Not to me and you. No. When Sahaba were questioning why we are hurt in Uhud. Seventy Sahaba were killed. Muhammad was almost hurt. Sahaba was questioning and why? Aren't we Muslims? Aren't they Catholics? How come Allah had allowed these people to do this to us? Allah answered them with ayat, clear ayat. أَوَلَمَّا أَصَابَتْكُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ قَدَ أَصَبْتُمْ مِثْلَيْهَا قُلْتُمْ أَنَّا هَذَا قُلْ هُوَ مِنْ عِنْدِ أَنفُسِكُمْ All because of you. You are the one who made this problem. You made this mistake. We are doing the mistake. We deserve what we receive of punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the kafirin. Do you think these kafirin are doing this because of they, they want to do this? It's all because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sending them to punish us. Allah is punishing us by these people. But what did we do? What did we do? We did a lot. We are not in the right track of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa That's true. We want to be strong, brave, proud. We have to be in the right track of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa The path of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Is it impossible? Of course not. Is it easy? Of course not. It's not impossible, but it's not easy. In order to walk in this, in this path, you have to leave a lot of your desires. We have to leave a lot of our desires. Fancy life, luxury life, this, that, we have to leave them aside. We need to work for this deed. And maybe we will not reach our goal now. Maybe this generation, this generation, three generations, four. But we have to do it. We have no other choice. If we want to be true Muslims, if we want to be saved in the judgment day from being pushed to hellfire, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our deeds. That's what I can say about this chapter. It's short in one, two cases, but alhamdulillah, yani, uh, as we said, you know, it has some connection in Tawheed. If you have any questions, I'll be happy to hear from you. Individuals in Islam are not allowed to take the decision of fighting or making jihad. Even if their niyyah is good. Just to remember that any good deed cannot be accepted by Allah wa ta'ala. will not be accepted by Allah wa ta'ala unless it has two conditions. Only for Allah, only the way of Rasulullah. Now, a person who wants to make jihad and who is feeling and his intention is correct and fantastic. Okay, this is the first condition. So what about the second condition? It's not there, because Muhammad told us, not everyone can go and fight by himself. The first step is to make the nation of Ummah Islam, Ummah Islam, truly Ummah Islam. See the state of Muhammad sallallahu He stayed in Mecca 13 years with no jihad. Why? He had some Sahara, he had a lot of Sahara with him in Mecca. He could order him to go and kill these leaders of Quraysh, and then just occupy the, 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 the Mecca and make what they want to do. No. The wisdom by Allah wa ta'ala that Muslims must suffer. 
فيو ذا ارب وورد كود فتنه فتنه ان ارابيك ميز يو برينج ذا جود ويتش از ميكس ويز ا لوت اوف سويل اند سو اون يو ميك ات انتو فاير سو ذا جود ويل بي الون اند ذا سويل ويل بي الون ذات فتنه وي نيد تو جو ذرو ذا فتنه فيرست اوف اول بيكوز وي ار نوت كلين انف انا ام سوري تو ساي If we go and make jihad and win, we will destroy the deed. That's true. Because you can see easily how many people try to make jihad and when they make jihad, they end up with destroying the image of jihad and image of Islam. So to make jihad, first of all, start to jihad to yourself. That's the answer of the question. Let's make jihad to ourselves first of all, make it in the right track, then Allah will help us to make true jihad by fighting the cavalry. But not before that. Not before that. Are we going to drive Muslims who said they are Muslims while they are Buddhists, worshipping the grace, worshipping that, worshipping the money, we drive them to the battlefield and kill them there? Is this the true way? Is this the correct way? Of course not. The correct way is to make this Ummah again. Make it, make fitter to this Ummah to make it clean. True Ummah of Islam, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make us go and make jihad easily. But not before that. So, don't talk about the steps of jihad now. Let's talk about the steps of cleaning ourselves and make it clean enough. Then we will be capable of making jihad easily. Jazakumullah khair for listening. I hope inshallah that we'll see you inshallah next week to complete some more chapters. Inshallah we'll finish this kitab soon inshallah. Jazakumullah khair for listening.